And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, how many Gospels? Why? How many times has the Lord brought you through a similar trial or time of testing? Why? How many repeats? The reason that we have similar times and trials is to teach us. We know that. The reason is because we tend to be a little bit hard-hearted and a little bit hard-headed. So we need to hear it again and 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 then maybe again. Next, flipped out is a fun saying. Flipped around is a tough principle. But we do it so well, we turn the truth backwards. Oh, that's not good. We do it without even thinking sometimes. Now, as Christians, we certainly do this less than most. But it can creep in when we think the potter needs some help with designing his clay. Ooh, the clay would be us. And finally, back to our great friend, Pastor Ray. As we try Ray on another day. That's a joke, I say, because we don't need a special day to review Pastor Ray. Any day is a good day for Pastor Ray and what he has to say. And that's because Pastor Ray is much better than A-OK. He's a blessing in every way, and that helps us say, thank you, Pastor Ray, thank you. Okay. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oy vey. So much more. How much more? Well, you heard that intro, right? And that intro was kind of funny. Wasn't that kind of funny? It was kind of, you know, pretty good. You know, Pastor Ray, Ray, day, da, da, da. I did all that. I wasn't even on medicine. <laughs> that should that should be a much bigger concern for you guys than anything else. I wrote that just in pain, but just thinking about it. I thought that was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> Pastor Ray is okay. We can have him on any day. That's right. Uh, we're asking you, though, folks, what do you think? You can email us during the show, david at he must increase.org. That's david at he must increase.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you do that, Captain Chris will answer the phone and you will be sailing in the right direction. Now, maybe a prayer request. 
a praise report, maybe something you want to share that the Lord's working on in your life. You know, a question or a thought or just a comment, just kind of like sharing with your brothers and your sisters. And you're at Thanksgiving uh, dinner, and you've already had all the fighting done, and now you're just chilling out and having pie. And uh, now that's what we're talking about. You can share any of that. You can also, if you desire, uh, get involved in Bible trivia. How about this one? Where was Paul when he wrote the letter? To Philemon. Where was Paul? Where was he when he wrote the letter? Now, I know some people say it's Philemon, but that's wrong. It's Philemon. Where was Paul when he wrote the letter to Philemon? Where was he? There you go. Straightforward question. If you think you know the answer, you can call in. If Mary decides to call in, we'll kind of put her at the front of the line just because we weren't able to get her through last time. 972-445-0770. That would be the number to call. 214-210-8483. That would be the number to text. And then also david at hemustincrease.org. That would be the email that you can reach out to us for, which also leads us to the website, a place to give, a place to get a book, a place to laugh, a place to see where the battle uh, star, we have battle star uh, uh, architectural plans on there. So in case you want that, that's there too. Uh, go check out hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, trivia question. Where was Paul when he wrote the letter to Philemon? Got a couple of people getting that, and yes, he did write the letter, and no, it's not Philemon, and no, it's not Philemon. Okay, I'm just making sure everybody knows that that's not what it is. And uh, gives you that chance, and if you can't answer that, we'll, we'll, we will do our best to remember. Oh, wait, somebody's calling in. <laughs> Al, he was at the table. It was Philemon. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're going to try it again, and I don't know if it's Mary or not, but we'll give it a shot. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. Hi, Mary. This How are you? How yeah. are you? L- long time no talk to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not quite 24 hours ago. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's right. Okay, I know you got an answer for this one because this is a good one. Where, where was Paul when he wrote the letter to Philemon? Where was he? In prison. That is correct, Amanda! Now, you want to see something really, really nifty. He's in prison, right? Now, watch this. But in the very beginning of the letter, if you go check it out, it it says the Apostle Paul, and then he says, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Actually, he says, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. And why that's amazing is because in human terms, he was a prisoner for Caesar in Caesar's jail. But in Paul's mind, he was not bound by any circumstance. He was a prisoner for the Lord. And that's how he chose to look at it. That's the first thing he wrote, the first words in that letter that he wrote to Philemon. 
Isn't that cool? It's like, oh, that's cool. I, yeah. I like that. I love stuff like that. So, yes, excellent. Excellent or job, bond, Mary. I sometimes see in some of his letters, he says, a bond servant. Yep, a bond servant. And that's important mm-hmm. to understand. A bond servant of Christ. He's he's saying, I'm not I'm not bound by Caesar. I'm bound to the Lord. And it's like, yeah, yes, that's that's, right. that's good thinking right there. Good job, right. Mary. Good work. Okay, well, thank you. And I knew, you know, that Zebedee was the father of James and John, too. Yeah, <laughs> I figured we just but had a I glitch. I don't know what happened to our connection. That's okay. I, I couldn't hear anything. No problem. And, uh, uh, so anyway, okay, well, we'll be praying for you, that's for sure, for your surgery. And, oh, I I found it very interesting when you said they're going to drill a hole in your um, kneecap and then bring, bring that... Um, Quad muscle over yep. and tack it somehow to the to the uh, kneecap. Yep, that's what they're gonna do. I'm so excited. Okay, well maybe not excited, but I'm so glad yeah. I'm gonna be knocked out. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah, you might. I wonder if you had to be in a cast. Uh, they hold that together. I don't hmm. know. Well, well, anyway, we'll find out, won't we? Okay. Awesome to talk to you. Okay, well, thank you. God bless, thank Mary. You. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. She's the best. She's awesome. All right. Uh, Matthew 15, 32, 34. And Jesus called his disciples and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said, were we going to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? They said, seven and a few fish. Wait, Dave, I thought there was the five and two fish. Not the same story. Hello? Let me help you. Notice how they're very similar yet different. Notice how your trials are very similar yet somehow a little different. Guess who knows how to do that? The Lord. It's a different situation at a different time that Jesus is doing this miracle. And the question might be, well, why? Why is he? Why is this repeated in Holy Writ? We just saw the other story. Uh, there was the 5,000 and then this, and now you got the, 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 the 4,000 and this. And it's like, why are you repeating this? That's very simple. Uh, I'm going to say this in the nice possible way because we ain't that bright. <laughs> That's why. We need help in learning, and then once we learn it, I, I just have to say this, and I know you'll understand this. We need help in retaining. It's not just hearing it the first time. It's retaining it. Children of Israel, oh, look at that miracle God did. And then the very next situation, yeah, but what have you done for me lately? <laughs> come on, come on. And you have to think, why? Because we need to help. Why is there four Gospels? Because one, we would just be like, uh, I don't know. It said something in there somewhere. And it's like, we need that help. We need that repetitiveness. In fact, Peter, when he talks about, talks about the value of repetitive, repetitive teaching in both his epistles. And it's like, why did he do it both his epistles? Because that's exactly what we need. <laughs> need that repetitive part. And what we do is we tend to forget. Now, some of the bigger lessons you and I might not forget I mean, the really, really, really big ones that are seared into your system. But those other ones that don't seem as big that come around more frequently, ah, we need help with that. And yes, he's still answering your, oh, I want to be just like you, Jesus, in regards to patience and your character. 
That's still going on. You know when that'll end? See, the fact that you want it to end shows you don't have any patience. Aha! Got you on that one. There you go. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. What is the David Spoon Experience, you say? I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? A hippocritopotamus. Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. And last but not least, do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, Who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Okay, hold on. Hold on. Here you go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la 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 oh, that is la 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 You asked for zany, my friend. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. So we, being not completely unlike... You know, Christmas vacation in Chevy Chase and so on and so forth. We we got a really big tree, slapped it up on the car. Of course, it scratched the car to no end. Remember, I'm Jewish and I'm trying to follow the Christmas holiday. It's got nothing to do with my Christianity. I like Christmas. I like the season and so on and so forth. I have no problem celebrating any specific time, picking a time. And we're as close as we can be celebrating the birth of Christ. It's awesome. It's a great time of year. But you're talking about me fighting a tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I hack off a few branches. And unfortunately, what I hacked off with the with the axe wasn't enough, because I was right there again, holding the Christmas tree with my feet on the door, trying to pull it in. Hey, you know what? The Christmas tree was not coming in. So you know what I did? I hacked off a few more pieces. But then, instead of just trying to pull the tree in, I hacked off a few more pieces. By this point, I have decided that Christmas is a pagan holiday that only people who are supporting Christmas presents have created, and Jewish people who believe in Jesus should not be celebrating Christmas, and I'm crashing the tree, and I've got the act of, and I'm crushing it, and I'm going to get this tree in, and you would not believe it, but after doing that for 15 minutes, I still could not get the tree in the house. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770. That's KAAMEN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our next trivia question. Uh, I got to think of which ones are the next ones. Uh, okay. What bird 
Don't say Larry. What bird did God provide to the Israelites for meat in the wilderness? What bird? What bird? If you think you know the answer, you can call in. 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Unfortunately for most of you, I have in my hands what many would consider to be not funny at all, piece of paper. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, okay, these are not, how do, how do I Christianize these? I'm a Christian, so that's how these are Christianized, okay? That, that, that'll work. Okay, these are just some funny sayings. Now, I have all a whole bunch that are Christian stuff, and a whole bunch that are kind of clean, a whole bunch that are kind of goofy, okay? All right. These are kind of funny. All right, ready? All right, here you go. These are sayings to consider or ponder. After you have finished praying and you're just sitting there by yourself, here's something to ponder. Growing old is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Yeah, see? See? Uh, uh, uh. Forget the health food. I need all the preservatives I can get. <laughs> see, if you understand why that's funny, that's uh, pretty funny. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. See? You've got a Christian. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they are sticking to their diets. <laughs> That's so, come on. You guys have to laugh at that. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty. They're sticking to their diets. Uh, okay. Uh, this one I think is uh, rather interesting. One of life's great mysteries is how a two-pound box of candy can make you gain five pounds. I would like to know that. That's something I don't understand. Uh, God put me on earth to accomplish a certain number of things. And right now I'm so far behind, I'll live forever. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. And then um, let's see. <laughs> this is so funny for me right now. And then we'll move on. I finally got my head together and now my body is falling apart. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Trivia question. Come on. That is funny. Laugh, laugh, laugh. To what bird did God provide to the Israelites for meat in the wilderness? Somebody's calling in. Saving the day. Saving the end. Now they're not calling in. Was that a pizza deal? Okay. They let it ring and then they hung up. Okay. Well, maybe they're trying to get a hold of somebody else. You know, I mean, my other, my other, uh, you know, alias is, you know, Rockefeller. Maybe they're just trying to get a bank loan or something. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Yeah, that's it. Sure, that's it. All right, let me get into this uh, teaching in Isaiah. If you know that uh, answer to the trivia, we'll get that. If not, uh, Captain Chris will remind me at the very end, hopefully. Uh, Isaiah chapter 29, 15, and 16 says the following, Woe to those. Uh-oh. It's a woe. That's not a good sign, right? Woe to those who go to great lengths to hide their plans from the Lord. They do their works in darkness and says, who sees us? No, nobody knows. Who knows us? You have turned things around as if the potter were the same as clay. You can, you, how can you, what is made, say to the maker, he didn't make me? How can what is formed say to the one who formed it, he doesn't understand what's he doing? 
So there's a couple of principles in this that I want to talk about that are all worthy. We do not do this on a regular basis, but the fact that we do it at all is not a great sign for us. It's not a great indicator. Listen to what it says. Woe to those who go to great lengths to hide their plans for the Lord. Their work is in darkness. Who sees? Nobody knows. I have a message for you that will just absolutely drive you crazy. You know that when William Shakespeare said all the world is a stage, he was right, but not for the right reason. He was right because Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 10, 11, and 12 teach us that the wisdom of God is taught to the principalities and powers and magistrates in heavenly places by the church. God uses the church to teach his wisdom to the powers that are in heaven. That means that your life is on prime time 24-7 and there's nothing that you have ever done that is a secret. Ever. You're thinking, well, no, no, well, no, wait, Dave. Ever. Are you telling me everything? Everything. <laughs> You're just like going, that doesn't bode well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's like the reality check is nothing that we do is hidden from the Lord. No motive, no thought, no process inside of us whatsoever is hidden from God. And that's what the, the Isaiah in the, the writing is like going, what is wrong with you people? What makes you think you can hide this from God? And then he goes to this next level. And that's a backwards thing because we think, well, he's omniscient, but he doesn't know this. Okay. That's an oxymoron statement right there, like jumbo shrimp. Okay. And it's just like, dude, too weird. Here's the thing to, to catch. You've turned things around, Isaiah says, as if the potter were the same as the clay. He's not like us. He's way beyond us. How can what is made say about its maker, you didn't make me? And how can what is formed say about the one who formed it, he doesn't understand what he's doing? This is when people who actually have a belief that God exists think that God is not doing a good job at being God. And this is, at its best, exactly what the problem is. The potter and the clay are not equals. You think, well, that, that's not fair. It's too bad. You didn't create the universe. The world doesn't, the universe doesn't exist around you. You don't have a heaven or hell to put anybody in. You don't have anything. You, every breath you take has come from God as a gift. And, by the way, you will give an account for. Well, that doesn't seem fair. God doesn't care if you think it's fair. Oh, God's like, Dave doesn't think it's fair. We should just rearrange the whole universe and make Dave happy. Now, as funny as that is, there's many, many people who think that. I was like, are you kidding? Challenging God is absolutely the complete breakdown of humility and understanding. Just an absolute absolute breakdown. And don't think that Christians don't do it. Job did it. He loved the Lord. And he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, that's what we do. we like, what are you doing? And if God wanted you to know what he was doing, he'd probably tell you. I mean, that would be a good bet. 
Does that mean we operate in that perfectly? No. But the point is, if we do, if we truly have a genuine trust in God, I mean, it's a real trust, then we believe that what he's doing has purpose or what he's allowing has reason behind it. And it doesn't matter if you and I see it now or see it later. It only matters that God's plans are accomplished. And as much as you think, well, I'm entitled, you're not. But I'm entitled. No, you're not. But nope. Nope. www.zipit.com. Bottom line of that is God is God. He does a fantastic job, and the fact that you have an ability to observe is a gift. We can't hide anything from the Lord. We can't act like he's one of our equals. We can't, uh, you know, complain in the context of, hey, uh, I don't like the way you're being God. All of that just brings his fury and his judgment. That's what Israel did. How'd that work out? <laughs> it took 40 years for them to make a three-and-a-half-week journey. Let's not do that. Let's let's avoid that. Now, I know there's many of you out there that I guess I've traveled with people, and taking a small little one-week journey did seem like six years. I understand that. But what God is saying is don't do things like that because that's insulting God. And that's just not a place you want to be. And I understand that the cultures of the day and people and the influencers, they all have these uh, theories, but they'll all be dead and gone, so to speak. And the Lord will still be the Lord. <laughs> It'll still be going on up right up until they have to face judgment. You know, and then that's a whole other ugly element there, right? So. When God is doing whatever he's doing, instead of t trying to hide something from him or telling him he doesn't, you know, he, he should do a better job like you're uh, able to evaluate him or thinking that uh, he's doing a bad job in his, his place and you want to challenge that, instead of doing any of that stuff, remember what happened between Job and God and what was Job's sin? That he justified himself. And not God. That was the sin. It didn't have to do with anything else whatsoever. God was bragging about Job. He's like, look at my servant Job. He is so cool. <laughs> then after they went through that, it's like then Job's complaining and God's like, you have not a clue. And that's when Job said, I have spoken things that are too wonderful for me. I put my hand over my mouth. Like, oops. I'm trying to take it back. doesn't work that way. All right, we got to do the trivia, right? All right, what's the trivia? Trivia question was, what bird did God provide to the Israelites for meat in the wilderness? The answer is quail. Quail, he provided quail. Exodus chapter 16, verse 13. And if you remember, they started eating the quail and didn't give thanks, and then God thought, maybe we'll barbecue more than just the birds, and that's when the fire started. Anyhow, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. 
Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Do you think it's been, organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, it, oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's a penetrating question. The answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the to me, what what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading. What's in it for me? Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip, and and uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm when I'm with these leaders alone, David, alone. I mean, no no handlers, no media, nothing, but just alone. The question I ask them, which is I think the true servant leadership question, is: Will the people be at, better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And I think that's, and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAMEN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Okay. And try it once, just to go straight through. Uh, next trivia question. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? I just want to say, Allison, quail, dove, same thing. Big bird, chicken, same thing. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> Which tribe of Israel looked after the religious aspects of life? For the Israelites, which tribe was the devoted or committed tribe to the religious aspects? That's really kind of a weird way to say that religious aspects. I think it'd be more like service under the Lord kind of thing. But eh, you know, it's a book. What do you want? 
Some books are better than others. Uh, if you think you know, you can call in 972. Somebody's calling in. Uh, 445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then also you can send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. You can do all of those or any of those, but you can have to do them in a hurry because it looks like somebody is going to be answering via the phone. Like that? Via, via the phone. Somebody uh, ready to answer that? All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Long time no talk to. It's been a couple of days. Yeah, huh? no doubt. <laughs> How are you? How are you doing? How's Susie I'm doing? Good. How's Susie doing? Much better. Yeah, much better? That's good, right? Much better. Yay! That's a good thing. All right. Okay. Yes, it is. Yeah. And that's got to be a little bit less of a burden for you in the context that you keep praying for and praying for. You just want, you know, breakthroughs to happen for people. I mean, I pray that all the time. Some people have been praying for it for 20 years. Just keep praying. Wow. Yeah, just gotta that's keep, awesome. You just got to keep praying. Uh, okay, which tribe of Israel looked after the quote-unquote religious aspects of life for the Israelites? Who was that? Uh, the Levites? That is correct, Amendo! <laughs> it's the Levites were in charge of that. Now, they, they were uh, a different classification technically uh, than like the priesthoods and so on and so forth. But that would be the way you would say it is the Levites would be the one that would be the tribe that took care of the spiritual requirements. That, I don't know, religious aspects seems kind of weird, but re- the, the, the requirements that the Lord had for them to do in order to honor him and to uh, actually to forerun certain things that Jesus would teach, which is really kind of the most amazing part about that. So good mm-hmm. job, Deborah. Okay. Good work. So, keep... well, I'm going to pray for you for your surgery and everything. Yeah, I appreciate that. And like I said, when he started telling me what it was, I was like, I don't want to know. <laughs> just, just, just know knock, right. just knock me out, and then when I wake up, you can tell me what you did. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. That's what the last surgery I had. That's exactly how it was with me. I was like. Okay, I just want to be okay and wake up and be all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to drill a hole in your kneecap. Hey, how about if I come to your house and drive my car through your living room? I mean, it's just like you want to just... <laughs> anyway, well, keep me in prayer. I appreciate it, especially the school coordination. That's the thing I need the most is to be able to pull this together before the surgery and then submit my paper beforehand. So that's the thing. I need a little bit of extra brain power tonight and tomorrow, which could be tough. Awesome. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you all, and you all have a good afternoon. All right. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, we got the greatest people. We do. We love you guys. Great. Okay. I'm going to just do it because I I wasn't going to do it, but I I just have to do it because I know many of you missed it. I'm going to do the Ray thing, but I want to read it again. Is that okay? I'll read it slower, and then we'll go into it. Ready? Back to our great friend, Pastor Ray, as we try Ray on another day. That's a joke, I say, because we don't need a special day to review Pastor Ray. Any day is a... Good day for Pastor Ray and 
what he has to say. That's because Pastor Ray is much better than A-OK. He's a blessing in every way. And that helps us say, thank you, Pastor Ray. Thank you, OK? I think that's great. <laughs> uh, a little bit of stealing from a little bit of somebody, but hey, it worked. All right, here we go. Uh, he's entitled this devotional Setter, says Setter, Setter. Oh boy. Settle matters quickly. Okay, this is out of Matthew 5, 21 and 22. Whoa, this is a toughie, so I don't want anybody to be thinking it's lighthearted. Uh, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Matthew 5, 21, 22. Most of us have never deliberately murdered. But Jesus goes deeper than outward actions and appearances. He gets right to the heart. Both love and murder begin in our hearts. Jesus is not saying that anger always leads to murder. He's saying this kind of unjust anger is murder, not a holy anger against sin, but an unholy anger against people. The word Jesus used here for anger means a settled anger, a malice that is nursed inwardly. Anger that passes through different stages uh, is what he's talking about. First, it's an offense, and we are offended by an action or words. As you nurse that offense, it brews into a bitterness, and then from bitterness to judgment. And when you've judged people long enough, you demean and scorn them until you're filled with full-blown hatred. The anger simmers, the pilot light is always burning, and you can't let go. We all have imperfect parents, imperfect siblings, imperfect spouses, imperfect friends, and other people in our lives. But if we cannot forgive, we build a prison of bitterness and pain around our lives and a wall between us and God. Jesus said, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly. That's what Ray is emphasizing. Settle matters quickly. Jesus commanded, not suggested or gave good tips for living. He commanded. Settle matters quickly. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. To love our neighbor, our parents, our siblings, our friends, we need to forgive just as God lovingly forgives us. Okay, That's Ray's devotional on settle matters quickly. So there's one thing, two things I'd like to really pull out of that. One, he talks about the nursing or the massaging or the fanning the flames of anger. And that is something that many, many, many believers do. They get mad about something. They get upset about it. They keep thinking about it. They stew about it. It gets to really irritate them, and then they get so angry that they can't believe it, and then it see it just keeps building and building and building. And there is no forgiveness, and there is no mercy, 
And there's no grace because the anger, the temperature is just being raised slowly but continually. It's just being raised higher and higher until it just gets hotter and hotter and hotter. If God did that to you and I, we'd all been gone the first moment of accountability, whenever that is. We have to have a merciful heart, a merciful spirit, a a heart that settles it quickly, extending forgiveness. And when people go, well, I forgave them, but I didn't forget, that's baloney. The Bible says love keeps no record of wrongs. Doesn't mean you do the same stupid thing you did before, but it also means you don't hold those people in that same framework of judgment. You either forgive them or you don't. If God did that to you, then when you made your second mistake in the same area, he'd just be able to then, what, blast you to smithereens? Because if that were the case, we'd all be blessed. I don't know anybody that wouldn't have been blasted. We have to have a genuine, merciful attitude and spirit. And I will say this, and I've said this before. Some people really, uh, they didn't take offense. They just had to, I guess, think it through. The people that are hardest to forgive are the people that are closest to you. The reason is because we have such a higher level of expectation for them in their loyalty and faithfulness to us. Yet if somebody does something uh, of equal value on the road that you don't know, you just like, oh, okay, no problem, eh, no biggie, no biggie. But if somebody close to you does that, you're like, what's the matter with you? Huh? Only you do a little Italian accent. What's the matter you? Right? The problem is that's too much anger. It's too much, um, it's too quick to boil. Right? That's not a good way to think of it. Got to bring it down a notch. God is so merciful to you and to me. He's so kind. He's so gracious. Let's take some of that that he gives to us and extend that to others. I mean, it's, yeah, you won't do it perfectly like God, but you can ask him, hey, I, I, I'm really holding a lot of anger. I'm really holding a lot of bitterness. I'm really holding a lot of uh, frustration in this, and I know it's not helping. Can you help me have more mercy in my heart? And then when he does that, don't say, uh, put me in a situation like that. Just ask for the character that reflects Jesus more. That's just a good idea. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a very short break, then come back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running. But I want to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, was not... Oh, impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment. God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew, it's amazing. It's a miracle. Exactly. And and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was, ha- he was old. 
He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that, even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand. And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget, it's K-double-A-Man. I just like saying that afterwards. It just seems like it's a better fit. Here we go on our last trivia question. I did not, uh, uh, I beg your pardon, I did not promise you a rose garden. (laughs) How often was the year... Of the Lord's release. Okay, so there's the. Okay, how often was the year of the Lord's release? How often did that take place? <clears throat> the reason I'm bringing that up, I am not specifically talking about the big time celebration of Jubilee. So I'm talking about the one prior. How often was the year of the Lord's release? How often did that take place? If you think you know, you can. Uh, call 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at org. Remember, the year of the Lord's release is not the jubilee, that the, the main jubilee. Okay, so I'm, I'm telling you that. Okay, V got it. Okay, so I'm telling you that. So the people that have guessed will bring it down. Bring it down. Bring it down. Think bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. All right. Uh, somebody got a question or something? They might... Okay. All right. Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Roger again. Hey, Roger again. How are you? 
I'm doing okay. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. What, what? I had some. I had some a comment. Okay. Is it gonna hurt me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it, it might. I don't know. <laughs> for I guess for what you're going through. Huh? And uh, I feel like that this is just a for example that I go through when I reread the Bible. I get something new out of it. When I re-listen to a message if it's on tape, I get something out of it. If I re-listen to a reprogram, if it's Christian program, I get something out of it. So the, I guess it's a word that you don't have to be concerned about replaying programs. There you go. Roger again nails it right on the head. That's exactly right. It's amazing because you would never think that God is coordinating all those things, but much more so than we think. And that's a really good, encouraging thing for me to hear because I always want to be a blessing to people. I always want to be, you know, there and be able to. But I understand sometimes that's not the case. And it could all yeah. of this could be for some one person to hear one thing that was pre-recorded at one time. We don't know, right? And that's like praise the Lord. And and you might have heard the message before, but you can get something new out of it. Exactly, it's exactly right. Which is why you reread it. Why? In fact, I've I've read yeah. so many times, and it's amazing. It's just absolutely just, astounding how new stuff comes out all the time. But I just, uh, I had to call you up and tell you that I felt, I guess I felt led. Now, I don't know if we're supposed to say the Christianese words any longer. But. <laughs> you can say that all day long. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So Romans 8.14, you stand in that. That's good. <laughs> Good job, brother. I, you know, I have, I have a dual language. I know Christianese. Yeah, I know it's a very unique <laughs> language, isn't it? It it comes from this it comes from this land called Churchianity. <laughs> Churchianity. Yeah. <laughs> Churchianity. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's uh, great. You go. Good job, or, brother. Good or, job. Or the, uh, the, the other state of uh, uh, re-ig- re-igeny. <laughs> re-igeny. <laughs> good work, bro. That's a good word. I really appreciate your encouragement, though. Thank you. I've got several up my sleeve. But anyway, I didn't hear it because as soon as I call, I shut off the phone because I don't, I don't want to mess up on this technology stuff, so I shut it off the radio. I didn't hear the the trivia, but it's okay. I, I probably didn't. Uh, if you want to repeat it, I'll try. I, I'll give you a shot at it, and if you don't know, we'll open it up for somebody else, okay? How uh, often was the year of the Lord's release? I'm not talking about Jubilee. I'm not talking about the big one. The shorter one, how often did the Lord have people release? Like responsibility, like debt, and so on and so forth. How long? Seven years. That is correct. You are right. 
You are exactly right. Every seven years, which is, by the way, where people don't understand, it, it's where we get some of our bankruptcy yeah. laws. It's like, aha! Well, yeah. There you go. Well, I, I, I am one tenth Jew. So. <laughs> <laughs> good job, well, Roger, some, again. That was really good. I know some of the Jewish ways. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I love it. Good work, brother. All right. Well, we're, you know, I'm, I came from Michigan like you did, and I live in Texas like you do now, but I'm content in the state I'm in. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That would be totally true for me in every regards, except for if I had to go back to California. Anyway. <laughs> well, you'd learn, you'd learn how to yeah. be content. You yes, gotta it learn does. How. you got to learn how. It's a learning process. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Excellent word. Right. Thank you, brother. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk someday. We're going to fellowship someday. I really believe it in my heart that we will have a one-on-one where I can fellowship with you and where you can glean with me and I can glean with you. Amen. And God love you. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Excellent. Roger again. Doing an excellent job. All right. We're going to do history real fast and then do our last teach. So let's do our history real fast. Okie dokie, artichoke. Today is National Strawberry Cream Pie Day. I don't know how you can go wrong with that. Do you like that? Do you like it? Are you a fan or I'll not? I'll try it. Okay. You've not had strawberry cream pie? I don't think so. Oh, you got to have that. Uh, today is National Biscotti Day. Biscotti. National Mocha Day. I like the coffee mocha kind of thing. This is really funny. And don't get offended. Today is National Broadway Musical Day. No, wait. My wife and I are the only people we know in the planet who walked out of the Broadway musical Wicked in the middle of the of the broadcast. <laughs> You're thinking, why was it really bad? No, she couldn't stop coughing. And in the in the musicals in in New York, if a person goes, <coughs> everybody can hear it the entire. And she couldn't stop coughing, so we just said, yeah, it's not that good. We'll just leave. <laughs> And some people go, how could you walk out? She was coughing. Leave her alone. Uh, it's also National Good Neighbor Day. Uh, I don't think that has anything to do with State Farm. I just think it's good neighbor. And then the last uh, thing to tell you, and then we'll do the other thing, is 1951. This is the day where the the, the science fiction classic was released, The Day the Earth Stood Still. It's my favorite. That's like a, such a legendary, right? Uh, and then the robot, the robot Gort. There you go. Important message for Earth. All right? You guys don't understand what inflation is. You will find out. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. That's up with me. All right, let me finish off. I only got like three minutes. Uh, Matthew 15, 22. And behold, a Canaanite woman from out of the region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed. Jesus did not answer her. He didn't respond. She was crying out after us. The disciples were whining, she's crying after us. Help us. Jesus states his mission. More than a test, more of a test than not, since he had already responded to the Gentile guard. He was like going, hey, my mission's to the children of Israel. And then she's like, Lord, help me. Jesus is like, that's not my mission. And then what did she say? 
the dogs and the crumbs line. The Greek word for that dog line, by the way, is little dog, like a pet. Not not a you know, like stinky thing, like an actual pet. Back then, there people they didn't have pets. Yes, they did. That's so stupid. It's unbelievable. They had pets back in the day of Pharaoh. It's like it's ridiculous. But if the if the Messiah insulted her, would she still have persevered to find deliverance? No, she was trying to get to Jesus and move Jesus with one item that she had. It's called great faith. She was rebuffed. Listen to this. This is the lesson. Three times she was rebuffed. And three times she's like, yeah, well, I still have faith. Yeah, I still know you can do it. She wouldn't quit asking Jesus for help. You don't think the Lord knew what he was doing? You don't think he knew what was going on? This is a fantastic illustration for you and me. To have faith that doesn't quit. Even it's rebuffed. Even it's rebuffed by the great to the Lord. I'm not doing that, Dave. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'm, I'm pursuing. I'm pursuing. It's okay to pursue God. It's not okay to be obnoxious. I do that all by myself. It's just okay to keep pursuing, not quitting until you pursue. And remember, the word persevere in the Greek, go look it up. One of the key phrases for persevere is annoy. Be annoying in that right way and break through and watch miracles happen. I love stuff like that. Just to me, that's like that's like gold. Anyway, all right, we're going to take a break, and then uh, we'll come back tomorrow. You're listening. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.